0: is worth obsessing about how to enhance the conversion rate again massive massive caveat 80 20 everything welcome to the 10k collective podcast for six seven and eight figure amazon and e-commerce sellers part of the amazing fba podcast family if you want to scale fast target a seven-figure exit and enjoy the process then keep listening Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge $150 or more per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit, and book in a time. That's M-Y Amazon, A-U-D-I-T dot com. Look forward to speaking to you on your audit. Stop the leaks. If you have an Amazon-based business that has a substantial ad spend as part of it, then you are almost certainly leaking some value into the world. The leaks thing is quite a dramatic thing these days. I live in North London and in November, I looked out of the window. I was living in Hampstead at the time in a basement and I saw water running down the street, which if you live in a basement, you can imagine is kind of alarming because the street's above your flats. And I went outside and I saw that actually there was a bunch of people out there in the middle of the night trying to repair a leak because there was yet another leak. And there was a sort of epidemic of leaks in London around that time. About twenty percent of the water runnery pipes in the UK is lost to leakage, and everyone's been complaining about that. At least they did for a while. It was all part of the headlines, and then they disappeared into whatever is going on Ukraine, uh, the the trial of ex presidents, whatever it may be. And that's one of those things that is no longer a drama, but it's still happening. And that may be true in your business. You may every so often go, "Oh my goodness, we're spending so much money on the ad spend. If you you've hit your credit card." Limit or your credit card bill came out that month and you went, wow, we're spending a ton of money on this. And then you forgot, again, forgot about that again. Well, guess what? You need to take great pains to pay consistent attention to where you're leaking cash into ads. So let's talk about the advertising sales ratio and how to manage that downwards. Because if you get that lower, it means you're directly forced to your bottom line. In other words, you make more profit. The advertising sales ratio, just to recap that, is the total ad spend divided by the total sales or revenue, either the dollar or pound or euro, or whatever value per product line. And that is really, really important. If your advertising sales ratio, that's to say that the percentage of revenue you spend on that is bigger than your acceptable gross profit margin, you are losing money. So it's absolutely critical. So we're going to talk about ways to optimize that today. Now, the first thing I want to say is I'm not neck but in the nitty gritty of ad systems. So if you want expertise in that, you're going to need to go to other places. And the best thing to do is to send you over to our blog at 10kcollective.com. I've interviewed many, many advertising experts over time. I'll put some links to some of those guys. But I want to talk about a slightly broader version of optimizing your ad sales, so your ad spend, which is really, you got to think about it as part of a system. So for me, it is a system that it is a combination of you paying per click and that's the crucial thing so you're paying per click which turns out into a visit or a session if you will more or less the same thing not quite so your unit session percentage is what all advertising or all amazon sellers i should say on amazon should be obsessing with you find that under business reports by asin or by you know by child asin by parent asin whichever is relevant to you unit session percentage so that means the number of views you've sold divided by the number of visitors you've had more or less sessions of visits aren't exactly the same but they're similar. so let's use use sessions so that basically means if you have again this may be teaching my grandmother to suck eggs you know this in theory if you're an experienced amazon seller but you're probably forgetting in practice how this works so if you've got a 10 percent conversion rate it's going to cost you 10 visitors to get every one sale and if you are driving those, if you're driving those uh, visits via advertising, you're going to cost you per click. So let's say, let's take an example. Let's say you have a product you've just launched and it's got a profit margin of $10 before ads. Let's say it costs you a dollar per click and you've got a 10% ratio of conversion rate or unit session percentage, same thing. Well, guess what? You have got a problem because it costs you 10 clicks at $1 each, I wish, That's $10 in traffic cost to make a sale that is worth $10 to you in gross profit. So you ain't got any profit left in the system. Now, if you're just launching a product, I would say that's perfectly acceptable because you're trading your cash for ranking, for those keywords that you're advertising on, organic ranking. And over time, your organic rank should go up. And assuming it works and your launch is successful, then you will have a good enough organic rank such that in the future, you will have very profitable sales. So let's leave the launch period aside because that is a cost center for private label and and custom products, at least for most of us. Right? Some people launch without ads. It's generally a slow growth, non-dramatic thing. Let's assume that that's dealt with. Now, here's the thing. If you have, after a launch, let's say you've got the same scenario, same conversion rates, but you've now got 50% of your sales coming from organic. Traffic visits and 50% from ads. Let's assume you're still paying a dollar a click. Well, now you've had to get a sale, you've had to get 10 clicks more or less. And again, click, visit, session, they're slightly different things, but I'm lumping them together. Let's keep it simple. And half of those clicks cost you money and half didn't. So you've had 10 clicks that says $5 cost for the ad driven ones, half are organic, and you've made, so your cost of, of traffic is $5, but you still got a $10 margin. You've now got a $5 gross profit margin. And let's say you're selling something for $50, that's a 10% margin. I think that's pretty thin because if you do did that across all your products on average and your overheads are more than 10% of your revenue, you'll actually be losing money. We discussed that last time. So we don't need to hammer that too hard, but you've got to set a target for your gross profits. And I would argue, and again, let's not go down rabbit holes. Should advertising costs be uh, an overhead or a, a direct cost? I've seen people treat it both ways. I don't care. It, let's just take the gross profit before ads, and then whatever the cost is after the profit after ads and before overheads. So let's be very precise. That number needs to be more than the overheads, or you're losing money. So you need to set the target. I, I would suggest that you want at least twenty percent of your profits left after ads. So if your advertising to sales ratio is ten percent, then you would need a thirty percent margin before ads costs. Right now, then. So, how do you optimize your advertising sales ratios? In other words, spend the smallest percentage possible on advertising to keep your profits up. Well, the first thing is keyword selection and targeting. So, I don't want to go too deep here, but if you are targeting a mass uh, market, you can get more sales, but it's going to cost you more money in advertising. So, if you equally, if you want to go after a more profitable market is probably going to be smaller. So short-tail keywords, for example, I had clients try to sell back brace a while ago. And in America, the the cost per clip is pretty frightening for that. And they're high competition. People are lowering prices all the time, advertising costs going up all the time. Pretty unattractive, if you ask me. But uh, if you want to sell a lot of units, you could do that if you advertise advertising the word back brace. But you're going to find it costs a lot of money. Alternatively, you could go for a niche down, something like, I don't know, magnetic band for arthritis or something like that, or magnetic bracelet or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that's, by the way, a good keyword. I haven't investigated it recently, but it's more niche. There'll be a lower search volume, probably, on average, a lower cost per click. And if you have a longer tail keyword and the relevance between the search is high, your product is a magnetic bracelet, this is specifically designed for arthritis, maybe the title that contains that keyword, probably get a good conversion rate, which again pushes down the advertising sales ratio. Now, let's just take a broader picture view here. Again, that's, I think that's the value I bring these days. I, I'm not an expert in m- managing Amazon ads. And I wouldn't offer to manage it for anyone because that's not my my back. I'd get somebody else to do it and, and manage the system as a whole. But think about this. If you want to sell some mass market products, which is going to have high advertising costs and price com- competition, the only way the economics of that works, if you're selling a lot of units. You should get a really low price per unit. And by the way, you won't find that if you just have your average Chinese seller, they'll go much below a certain level. You might even need to own a factory to make that work, but you will need to make the economics of a situation like that work. A very low direct cost of cogs or, you know, landed cost. If your cogs are, are anything like 30, 40% of sales, then if you're going to have to spend 20 to 30% of your money on advertising just to make things sell, you're going to struggle to make any profit. So if you're in a mass market targeting mass market keywords, and you have an average or high landed cost, then you have a broken cost structure that doesn't make sense. If you're in a mass market, you must have mass market cost structures, right? If you're a, a Tesco's or a Walmart selling, you know, At crazy cheap prices, you better have ridiculously cheap costs per unit. And you should be able to achieve that if you're doing it at scale. And if you can't, then don't go to mass markets. And the alternative is you accept, and this is where my clients and everyone else, human beings, generally me included, we don't want, we want to have our cake and eat it, but you have to accept if you want a profitable market uh, and if you want a profitable product slash market fix and you are not paying particularly low cost of goods sold. So your landed cost is say forty percent of your sales price. Well, you better have pretty um, efficient advertising, hadn't you? Because otherwise, there won't be any profit left after you pay for your Amazon fulfillment costs and your Amazon sales commission, averaging maybe fifteen percent in most categories, not all, plus storage costs and everything else. Right. So in which case, you will probably have a much smaller number of units shifting per month, but you will find that the economics, the unit economics, are better, and you'll make more, more profit. So there is a relationship between the um how mass market or how you know short tail the keywords are like back brace versus how many sales you make and how profitable the sales are I'm sorry to break it to you but if you want to go into really big market you won't ma- have a very easy time making profit if you want to go into small market you will make more profit per sale but then you won't sell as many units and you've got to accept that trade off in my opinion when it breaks down is people advertising on short tail keywords, which are really expensive to click on. And there's a lot of competition. So there's a, normally a bit of a lower conversion rate, plus the relevance isn't so high. So the conversion rate's lower, but they're super expensive. And I see that all the time. And if that's you, you're going to have to accept some trade-offs. Do you want profits or sales? By the way, a totally broken product choice is this. You have to order you know, thousands of units from China, but the cost price is about 40% of your sales price, your landed cost. That's really bad. Why is that? Well, because if you advertise on keywords or you try and rank in the markets that are big enough to shift the number of units so you can sell it through in an acceptable time frame, say six months, for cash flow reasons and working capital reasons, then you're going to make no profit (laughs) or very low profit. And you know it's going to get worse over time. If you have got to order thousands of units, but you can only afford... To make profit, to advertise on on short tail, long tail keywords with lower search volume, then you're going to be holding on to a stock forever. And often people are stuck in those situations, in which case you probably just in a duff market and you need to get out, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, this is a bit of a theme, but it, it, you really kind of micromanage your way out of poor strategic choices, I'm afraid. So be really mindful of that mix of long and short tail keywords. Uh, long tail keywords drive more profits, but lower, cert, lower um, sales volume. And short term, short tail keywords drive more sales, but really got to look at the, the profitability. That's the first thing. Next thing, uh, you've got to evaluate your advertising efficiency. ROAS is not a terrible metric or advertising cost of sales, which is the flip side of it. So ROAS return on ad spend. So if you spent $100 this month on ads and you got $400 in sales, that sounds really good, but, but it's not really as good as that, is it? Because if you've got a, you know, $400 in sales and you've got a profit margin before ads of so Say 20%, well, you out of your $400 in sales, you get to keep $80 in profit, but you just spent $100 on ads. So it's not as nice as you think. Return on ads spend isn't really return on ads spend. It's sales over ads spend. And there's a very big difference between sales and return, i.e., you know, your profit. So be, be careful with that metric. Don't be fooling yourself. On the other hand, ACOS is not that critical in a way either do you want to grow your amazon business bigger or faster i bet you do if so a free audit of your amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Thank you very much. For listening. And I hope to see you on a call soon. If you know that very roughly 70% of your sales for a product are organically driven and 30% are ad driven, you don't need to be super profitable on your ad driven sales for it to be overall a profitable system. By the way, if you want to just get that, that simple metric down, if you look at your product sales, unit sales on your Business reports. So you go to reports, business reports, sales by ASIN, you know, parent ASIN or child ASIN, whichever is relevant for you. Let's say parent ASIN. You see how many unit sales over the last 30 days and you go to your advertising reports and you look at the campaigns relating only to that product for the last 30 days. And if you can see, for example, you had 500 sales overall from your business reports and your advertising driven sales, you can see that you drove 150 unit sales for that product line in the same time. Then you can tell that by simple maths, 500 units total minus 150 units driven by ads, you've had 350 sales organically driven. And so the ratio is 70% organic to 30% ad-driven sales. What would be really nice, but we cannot get this data, is to know what exact keywords drove our organic sales and what the ratio of organic to ad-driven sales Per keyword is that would be lovely, but we don't get that data, so we have to kind of guess it or or extrapolate it. And look, maybe there's some clever hack to do with brand analytics that I've missed here. And and if you know it, fantastic. Go and follow somebody more sophisticated than me with this particular area. But point of making is. You know, you're going to have to get some rules of thumb and, and some approximations in here, and that's okay if it drives your profit. I mean, that's not micromanaged too deeply. So uh, it's worth really micromanaging and optimizing something if it, if it drives a really, really significant number of, of sales per month, and if you will get a return for your time or spend if you're employing an expert to do it. And that's actually quite a high barrier to jump over. So... ACOS isn't a great metric, but if a keyword is driving sales via it ads, it's probably driving sales organically. So you need to track the organic ranking for that keyword. So if you've got uh, the word back brace for women or something, and you'll find that that drives 50 ad sales per month, go and look on Helium 10, Jungle Scout, whatever you use to track your ranking. If you're not tracking, you're not tracking your ranking of each and every product for the significant keywords, then you must go and do that test and measure everything. And if you can find that the back brace for women, you're ranking, you know, in the top 10 on page one uh, for that keyword. That's probably worth commercial value. So that's paying off quite well for you. Talking of budgets, campaigns, and how it relates to products, I really think it's incredibly important, unless you have a gigantic, enormous product catalog, to have one campaign set per product. So don't mix more than one product into a campaign. What I mean by set is this, that you can put together your campaigns under one big budget and you can organize it within the Amazon campaign system these days. So you want to have an auto campaign, probably you might have a broad match campaign. Sometimes that will actually perform better than what you think the exact match keywords will. And then you might have a third campaign that has all the other top, say 20 or 30 exact match keywords that you think you're targeting. And you can put those all together under one budget, as well as having each separate campaign having a budget, that's a wise idea, and you can sort of put it together for management purposes as well. Now, let's talk about management. I think the idea that you have multiple campaigns per product line sounds ridiculous if you have a catalogue of, say, 100 products upwards. And you're right. But the opposite extreme isn't right either, because what that implies is you're trying to teach, treat 100 products equally and mass-produce your management pr- approach across all of them. And I think, with respect, that's deeply foolish. Because there's absolutely no way I've ever seen a hundred products act equally. And they're not equally profitable. The eighty twenty rule kicks in. Now, to be precise, it's not necessarily eighty twenty. It's a Zip power law. It could be seventy thirty if it's less extreme. It could be ninety five five. It could be very extreme, but it will not be an equal distribution. So eighty twenty is a good average. So uh, on most cases, you'll find the top. The bottom 20% of products are so useless that you should probably stop selling them. But if you can't bear to do that, you should probably spend almost no time on managing the advertising, as long as, by the way, you're not spending crazy amounts of money. Reduce the ad spend and stop stressing about it because you won't micromanage those into success and you're wasting your time. Because if you look at the, the the top 20%, then you should be spending a lot of time really doing precision work there. And the middle sort of 60 70%, just put them into a fairly automated system and don't overspend. So for the top 20% of your products or even top 20% of 20%, if you've got a catalog of a hundred products and you don't have time to micromanage 20 of them, then just take the top five and they drive 64% of your sales or profits, depending on how you're measuring top. I would argue by the way, profit gross profit is the best metric to use, not sales there. Again, can you persuade yourself to do the homework. I hope you can. Let's say you take the top four or five products, lies that drive 64% of your profit. If it's roughly following 80 20, what would you do? Well, I would suggest the following. You get the, the main keywords you think are the right keywords. You do an exact match keyword campaign for each one of those. So you have maybe five up to 20 keywords. Each campaign, each keyword has its own campaign and you have only exact match single keyword in there. You will need to negative exact match that in your broad campaigns and your auto campaigns. I'm not going to get into the detail of that. There's just a metric button of information out there on YouTube and the podcast about that. So I'm not going to tell you more. But you can do that. And you can do that for five SKUs. You can handle that, right? It's going to drive 64% of your profits. So how well you, ab- you manage your advertising in detail for those is really, really critical. How well you advertise the, the mediocre products isn't that critical as long as you're not overspending. How well you manage the, the least good products is also good, it, important. If you have your least profitable products, once you add advertising to those, you're probably finally making a loss. So the most important thing is that you don't spend too much time on that and try and delude yourself, but you just reduce the ad spend and you will reduce the sales. And at that point, you've got to make a pet trade-off between, do I even want to keep selling this product because I'm going to have two years worth of stock right now and that's terrible for cash flow and keep selling at a modest profit, but for flipping ever... Or are you just going to go, right, we just need the cash back out of the system. I'll set it at a loss, in which case, keep advertising, accept the loss, and get the cash back out, never restock that ever, and put that cash back into a better product. So those are the sorts of decisions you've got to make. So another thing to mention is that, again, this is a system, not an individual thing. You cannot in itself do that much with the ad spend on its own, in my experience. You can reduce real waste, and you can slightly increase things where you think you're getting a return and that can move the needle a few percent and that can actually make a big difference or profit. But if you're going to make any small differences, you've got to think about conversion rate optimization. Because let's say that half of your sales coming from ads in a product that sounds, for starters, immediately that number itself tells you in a pretty competitive market and your product isn't well differentiated, that's bad news or it's overpriced. Some resistance conversion is happening here. Okay, well, in that case, you're paying per click. Let's say you're paying $2 click per click, and you're getting a 10% conversion rate, and half of your sales are coming through ads. Okay, so 10% conversion, you need 10 clicks to get one sale. Half the clicks are coming from ads. So $2 per click, that's $10 cost. And let's say you've got a gross margin of 20%. Well, one of the numbers in that equation is the conversion rate. If you can increase the conversion rate to, say, instead of 1 in 10, 1 in 7, or one in six, or one in five. That will really, really, really change the economics of the listing. So it's worth obsessing about how to enhance the conversion rate. Again, massive, massive caveat, 80, 20, everything. So the top 20% of products, you should be really working hard on. The top 20% of those, if you've got a small, big enough catalog, you've got a catalog of 100 products, the top four or five products will be driving a lot of your profits. So you really should obsess to a crazy degree about increasing the conversion rate on that. Don't try and mass-produce that across 100 skis. You'll go mad and it will be a waste of time even if you could do it. So great quality images. Think about relevance and look at the keywords if you have a lot of people searching for back brace for women. Make sure you have women in the photos. If it's back brace for women and it turns out there's a lot of keywords related to computer use or other things that imply a certain demographic, maybe it's middle-aged women, maybe it's middle-aged men like myself sitting at a computer for too long. Make sure you've got relevant age models in the pictures and so on and so forth make sure your features are and benefits and everything is geared to your customer avatar and um, the title or description may need to be tweaked to match the keywords that your advertising data tells you are converting well you might go for advertising you know back brace for women computer use or something don't forget to m- to improve the bullet points, do they make a difference? Somebody asked me that literally yesterday in a mastermind meeting. And the answer is from my experience of seeing clients with incredible copywriters come in. Yeah. If you get a good copywriter, you can actually improve the conversion rate a meaningful amount just changing the bullet points. Last but not least, really important price. If you reduce the price, normally you'll find the conversion rate increases. Obviously you're reducing the price, you're reducing the, the, you know, revenue that you're getting per sale. So the unit economics as the level we're talking about now. But not only will you make more sales, the absolute profit might be higher, and that might be acceptable for you. But also you will normally get a higher conversion rate, which means every click that you've paid for should convert at a better rate, which means that the overall advertising sales ratio should be lower. So if you go to sweet spot, if you're optimizing for profit per unit, you might reduce the price slightly. And if the conversion rate goes up enough, the ad spend might go down enough to, to make more profit. And if you get it right, you might also sell more units as well, which is a beautiful sweet spot. Another sweet spot is to reduce the price still further. The advertising the sales ratio may be not so great, and you might have quite thin profit margins, but in absolute terms, if you sell more units, then you might make more profit in absolute terms for that product line per month. And that's the sort of decision you've got to make. It also, in that latter scenario, really helps with cash flow because you're turning your your stock into cash quicker as well. So again, it, this is really to say that it's a system of systems. You cannot manage advertising spend in a vacuum. It is deeply affected by your conversion rate. It's deeply affected by the market you're in and by the differentiation your product has. And then it's also a subset of your profits, objectives, and what's an acceptable profit margin, what isn't. That depends on partly how much you spend on overhead and also how quickly you need to turn your your stock your cash flow and again that's affected by how much capital you have how much you can afford to invest how much you can afford to tie up in the business uh, do you have loans do you have interest to pay on those you cannot make these decisions in isolation but to simplify it down um, to keep it super super simple if your advertising sales ratio is even close to your gross profit for any given product then it probably means you're basically running at a loss once you take overheads into account. So you have to have a healthy gap between your gross margin, let's say 40%, and the advertising sales ratio of, say, 20%. Or if you have a a gross profit margin before ads of 30%, you better make sure that your your ads are only about 10% so you can get clear. Rule of thumb for me would be at least 20%, at least 20% of your gross margin and minus your ads cost before your other overheads. Unless you have really tiny overheads, even then, even if they've had zero overheads, 20% profit margin for a business as a whole is quite healthy, but nobody has zero overheads. (laughs) So even if you have 5% of your revenues overheads, if you've got a really small business, you know, software, accountancy fees, whatever, it's hard to get it below that. And, you know, so you take 20% gross profit after ads, if that's even a thing for you, or you take gross profit minus ads, whatever that number is, It doesn't leave much to play with. So some rules of thumb there. I just think you have to have a holistic approach to business. I think that's what it comes down to. Each listing and the advertising associated with it is a sort of mini mini economic system of profit and loss and of cash flow. And you have to evaluate it, I think, from the point of view of financial metrics in the end. And this is why I haven't deep dived into getting really good at uh, advertising optimization. I'm not amazing at keyword research. I'm more drawn to financial numbers and marketing numbers. And I think in the end, it's because I like money because that's what I want out of business. I don't know about you. And I think you have to make your marketing metrics a subset of your financial metrics, and you have to be driven by what makes financial sense. In the end, uh, a lot of this stuff is brutally simpler than people make it. They're trying to do ninja, super clever micromanagement to solve a strategic-level problem, and, and I've never seen that work. And equally, you can afford to be a little bit slack on your advertising to sales ratio management if you have fantastically massive profit margins. That probably means you're good at picking the right markets and differentiating your product and doing an amazing job of getting conversions. And if you can do those things, you've got a bit of wiggle room built in. doesn't mean you should be careless about it. But The, the fact is this. If you don't have any wiggle room built in, you have to be amazing at advertising management, you're in deep trouble because over the next while, you should expect the advertising costs as a percentage of your revenue to keep going up. And the reason for that is simple. First of all, there are always more entrants to the markets. So that tends to drive the price down over time for any given product category. And it tends to drive the ad cost up over time as they're trying to get visibility. And the second thing is Amazon as a whole is definitely going to be more and more monetizing us third-party sellers buy our ads because that is one of their great profit centers. It's pretty clear at this point that as a first-party seller, that is say when they own goods and sell them to the general public, probably losing money and the fulfillment network, maybe depending on which uh, metrics you follow, um, it's probably losing money now because they're overstaffed, but it probably used to break even, so it's break even or losing money. And the two profit centers for Amazon are AWS and advertising. So. Expect the ads costs to go up. So you've got to have some wiggle room built in. It's worth getting good at managing your cost down and being efficient. Of course it is, but don't try to micromanage your way out of a terrible decision. If you're in a really difficult competitive market and you haven't got the the, the cost of goods sold low enough to compete in that market, you can't micromanage your way out of it with the ads. So apply your optimization skills or somebody else's optimization skills where they're going to have an actual impact. There is no point in rearranging the deck chairs. On the Titanic. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget, if you want to, if you have a, anything from a few thousand dollars a month in revenue upwards, and you have an all- Amazon business, you can book in an Amazon audit. Just listen out for the announcements on this podcast. It'd be delighted to talk through with you and see if we can find, you know, any threats or things that you've overlooked that you need to neutralize, or opportunities, which is often the case as well that you've neglected that we can use to blow your business up. So it'd be delighted to talk to you. Other than that, don't forget to subscribe to the show as ever on Spotify, Apple and other podcasts near you. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.